And it is the last week of Q1 2023. March mm-hmm. is coming to a close. Spring equinox, a new moon. March break is over. How are you doing? <laughs> springy. <laughs> it does feel springy. I'm like lifting bags of soil, wanting to go to the gym, inspired by your 30 pound dumbbell action. Q1, spring. What feels springy for you right now? Mm -hmm. I think that Q1 was really about trying, not even trying in a way that is a mediocre word. Like we really put our best effort into our goals in Q1. Connection was deep. Our personal and our business goals, we went for it. And not in a surprise, like, oh, I'm surprised, not a surprising way. I say that because I'm like, we weren't surprised. And we also didn't under effort, like, Mm. and we didn't over effort. Mm. We put our intention where it needed to be. Yeah. I love that you say that because right now it's still a little bit chilly in Squamish and people aren't planting seeds yet. You wait until more like May timeframe. And when I hear that, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad we didn't wait to plant seeds this year. It feels like we really took off in January and we can look back and say, things have grown. We have harvested. We have had an abundance of new clients and, you know, really dove into work and at the same time have been creating new work. And to your point, trying things on. And that feels like such an exciting Q1 to look back on something I'm honestly really, really proud of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well one of our, yeah, well said. One of our personal and business goals is our own development, of course, and how are we in the work of our own development? And naturally, I look to you. You go first, usually how it happens over here. And you <laughs> said, I found a leadership course. And I'm going to take this course. It's three days. I'm going to dive in. And you know, one of our company goals is to create a new program this year. We're calling it Leadership Essentials. And you were trying a few things on to see what would feel right. And I want to start by asking, what did it feel like to invest in your own development in that way? Three days of a program. What was that like for you? First, I will say that I tried to do it in February and I woke up at the wrong time. And I missed the first three hours because it was EST, not PST. And so what I'm learning in my leadership over and over again is things happen. Get up and try again. So Mm -hmm. I got into the wait list for the next one that was still in Q1. I was like, Steph, I'm doing this. And then I did it. And it was over a weekend, which was a beautiful way to spend my time. I was fully in choice. That is also a leadership learning is when I feel in choice, I'm all in. And when I'm not, then I know maybe it's not the right time, but this just felt like, yes, it's so the right time. So, so much alignment. So I just wanted to share that because not everything is easy. Not every goal works out the way you think it's going to work out. So that Mm -hmm. was something I just wanted to plant. It felt really nice to be in the learner seat. 
to be with people I haven't met yet. And I met new people who are into leadership and the things that I like to do. And it was neat to be a learner. Mm. Yeah. I'll say that. Okay. I just want to reflect back what I've heard, which is not all goals are easy. Beautiful, beautiful reminder. Not all goals happen on our first try. So it's okay to try again or make a call and ask for a new time, quit one version and go to a second version. Say, I don't want to miss out on those three hours. That's really powerful. I commend you for that. And thirdly is to flip the script and say, I'm the COO. I'm the head of development. I run every development program, tip to top, head to tail. And now I'm going to sit and be a learner. And what is that experience like, even just to try on? So those feel like three really big moments and points to land in our journey as humans, as we continue on. It's not always easy. We're going to try multiple ways. And what is it like to flip the script? And I share that because it might even sound cliche. And I'm like, no, these are really important points to always remember. And as you say that, I'm like, right, question for our listeners. When did you flip the script last? What is Mm. it like to not be in control, to not write the agenda, to not set the time frame? Okay, got it. And to your point also about choice, what is it like to do something on days that you normally wouldn't? sit in training and what does it take for your family for the other dynamics at play so that's really really powerful thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. now I need to know about leadership so (laughs) you spent three days you were a student it was on zoom people I think were from all over the world is that yeah yeah everywhere yeah all over the world yeah different time zones yeah what would you share as it relates to takeaways? What are you tucking into your heart and bringing with you? Maybe like two or three? I'm sure. Sure. There I mean, one that really stands out is this framework around, it starts with the leader within. Mm-hmm. We're grounded. How's our balance? What is the conversation in our heads? And that must be grounded and strong. So this model is my first learning. And then there's the leader in front, the leader behind, the leader beside, and the leader in the field. And so just having different perspectives really made my leadership language 3D. So not just one dimensional, I guess. And there was an activity that we all did. And you put me in a group with people and I will sit back. So I call that the leader behind. I'll let everyone talk. When I think that something that I'm going to share is valuable, I will share it. If I don't, I listen and I take it all in and I see everyone's perspective And it wasn't until the second round, there was three rounds where the leader in that second round went, Cecily, what do you think? And I came off mute and I said, I really don't have much to contribute because I see everyone still digesting what we're even trying to talk about. And if I were to add anything, I would take it in a whole different direction. And I just brought it to like service and community and you know, a whole other thing got out of the nitty gritty and the meta view. And then they chose me to be the leader in front for the third round. And it was really interesting. Most, I would say 90% were so grateful. And 1% went, not everyone can be so positive. I was like, hmm, that's an, it was just a really cool leadership learning for me. Because if you take that experience and take it into the things that I'm doing at the Corker Co., or in my life, I go, ah, 
it's important for me to continually show up in all of these dimensions. Okay. I have a question for you. Do people gravitate to one place in the leadership ether? So do people gravitate to being a leader from behind versus a leader from the front? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's like, how would you default? What's it like in that spot? Yeah. And then is everyone capable within us to rotate? Yes, we all can be all of them within one conversation. Wow. Okay. Isn't that neat? It's really neat to consider that everyone has within them the ability to be a leader in the field and a leader behind and a leader in front. And even as you were speaking, I was like, oh, I'm not good at that kind of leadership or I couldn't imagine that. And yet for you to then say, no, it's possible for everyone. That sounds like a really powerful declaration. Got it. It's possible for everyone. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point. Okay. And I think it's a beautiful transition as we are so passionate about great managers and we use the language very intentionally because a manager is typically the person who makes a hire. So we have focused on manager skills so that managers make great hires. We are obsessed with recruiting. We are obsessed with great people joining great leaders. Hopefully those leaders are their managers. The kicker is once you're a great manager, or if you're not even a manager because you don't need to be a manager to be a great leader. And that is the next level of our contribution, really, of leadership essentials. And how do we talk about these different places of leadership, regardless of your title? And yet it feels like to me now, correct me, of like your desire to make a contribution. How would you define leader in that way? Yeah. Like, are you saying leaping from the manager, like the doer skills into the leading skills, being the leader? Being a leader without needing a title. Like leadership, when I hear leader in front or leader behind, you could be a manager. You could have no manager in your title. Mm -hmm. You could be a leader of the gardening club or of a project at work that you're working with peers, people all just like you, and that there's still space to lead there. And it feels obvious. I get it. Again, like these feel like very obvious statements. And yet the distinction is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Because, well, I think what you're making me think of is that if we actually did focus groups and asked everyone, even listening right now, how do you define a leader who have been those role models for you as a leader in your life? Typically, people might say a leader is the hierarchical role. Mm -hmm. And what you're dropping here is that the truth is everyone is a leader. Now, what I learned. I've known this and I'm able to now articulate it in a different way from that diving into leadership this quarter Mm -hmm. is that when we all think about what we're longing for, let's say, what are we longing for in our communities? What do we want? What are we missing? What do we want to make happen? Then what are we longing for in our lives? Meaning what is it time for, for your life that you've been waiting for one day? then you can look at a different area of your life. What are you longing for in the environment? What are you longing for in politics? And now when you define what you're longing for, that's your leadership because now it's time for you to go lead something. And then how you do it, you can use one of those things. Do I do it from 
in front, which is the vision, mission, and values and sharing it. Mm-hmm. Do you do it from beside? Do you grab your community and say, hey, team, I need, I need your help. Do you do it mm-hmm. from behind where you support people? You know, maybe that's your donating money so kids can eat. So, and then the field is what's needed now. And then within is what's most important. Does that make any sense? (laughs) Absolutely. It really, really does. And I love the question, what are we longing for? And our leadership opportunity is to take action in the space of what we're longing for. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter. We call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. I've been doing this meditation challenge with David G and at the end of the meditation moment, he then shares a meta moment and the meta moment is so beautiful. And it's, you know, his loving kindness out in the world. And one of them was just what you said. He said, how can you be the wind under someone else's wings? And I feel like there could be an animal analogy for each one of these because the leader from behind is the wind. Yes. You someone nailed under it. their wings, you know, yeah. anyway, I don't want to go on an animal. No, that's it. The meta I'm is just... leader in the field. What is needed now? What's here now in this space? Yeah. What's, you know, if you're in an organization and the company feels like it's in turmoil, you step back and you go into your leader in the field and you go, what is here? Mm. Yeah. What is needed in this moment? Mm-hmm. Well, That's such a beautiful segue, Seth, and I love that you also brought up some turmoil at work because, you know, admittedly in the recruiting space, I've been talking to a lot of folks that are going through a lot of change at work lately, a lot of organizations that are going through a lot of change. And I actually think of something that you said a long time ago, and I want to bring this back for you to answer now, which was about knowing your vision. And when we know our vision, we're able to show up and be today, true to ourselves, be it aligned with your dharma or aligned with maybe it is a goal en route to a vision. And my experience of you both as a leader and a human, yes, you feel in choice. However, you also feel very aligned in your life, your choices feel in alignment to a life you are creating. And I think that sometimes when we only speak about the turmoil at work, we let that infiltrate I don't want to say you and I, I'll just share like some of the conversations I've been in. It feels like I have turmoil at work and everything else in my life is therefore in turmoil. Mm -hmm. And the conversations I've been having have been to pull out, is your vision 10 or 20 years from now, how does turmoil at work today align to your vision? And where does your vision show up? in your day to day right now. And so I can't help but ask you and bring this back to your vision. And when you're in this goal, and you're in this work, can you share with us? Can you uncover even a corner of the sheet of vision for you? Because that feels like the most important piece is we can talk about goals and talk about what's working. We can talk about trying again. And yet, 
gosh, what's going to get us through this time right now, this recession, this moment in 2023 is hanging on to and feeling so crystal clear in the vision that we have for our lives. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking and bringing it back. I love you remember things and then bring them back. It comes full circle. First, when I hear that there's clients and people reaching out to you and there's turmoil and it's real, I first just want to honor that that is real for people. And I'm so glad they're reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. And the question that came into my mind, which I want to just kind of blurt out because it's one of my practices is for anyone experiencing turmoil is what's your relationship to that word? Mm. What's your relationship to it? And what are you tolerating in your life? That's the first thing, because, you know, when I shared before a minute ago that someone said, it was 99% of people loved when I took over this activity and it was for play and I was sharing a mission and vision and, it, you know, whatever it was. And one person doubted being so positive and I take it, got it. Thank you so much. And what's that like for you to be in a world where you can't see the other side or where you can't create possibility when things seem tough? Got it. I just like to know what is your perspective when things are tough. And if that's all you can see and that's all you can live in, then go through it. Don't avoid it. Go through the muck. Now, when you can start to see the light after the muck, then you ask the question, what is it that I see for myself today? Doesn't even have to be 10 years from now. I just know that today I want it. If I could do one thing that will fill me up, what would it be? Do it. And then tomorrow, what would that be? Do it. I align my vision to my values. So a value of freedom is really big for me in my choice, in my work, in my family, how I move. I know if my freedom is taken away, I will act like a child. I will flip my lid. So I just know that I need to honor myself and my values. And if I'm not, then I have to rethink my choices. Mm -hmm. So a vision doesn't have to be so big and it's not like I'm living in a rainbow and I really will always see possibility. Mm -hmm. I love that. There are so many questions that you are dropping in this, that to our sweet listeners, I hope you tuck in your heart, ask yourself, journal about them later. Perhaps you ask your team or you ask people you love over dinner. What is your relationship to X and what is an opposite perspective to see certain situations? And What is your relationship to someone who may see rainbows? And do you want to go through the world with a cloud? And all of it is okay. I think it's really powerful to hold on to a vision always, however is accessible and however you desire. So core values is a beautiful access point. Core values can come with us. Core values can change. And so can your vision. And that's all possible. I'm on this gardening kick right now because I've just joined the Squamish Gardeners Club. And everyone is 70 years old. And I really had a moment where I felt like I was living into my vision. When I joined, I was like, you know, when I'm 70, I want to be one of these people. So I went to the space to see what it's like to be like my vision. And I sat in this room and it was hilarious, Seth. It was absolutely hilarious. And I think there's a lot to learn from different dimensions, from different intersections in life that we might not experience all the time. So for you, it was being a learner. For me, it was, you know, jumping ahead 30 years in my life. 
what is it like to be a 70 year old mm -hmm. gardener? I can't wait. And all of these feel like different access points to answer the question of what are we longing for and how do we get to show up as a leader there? So cool. All right, we wrap Q1. You shared earlier this year of your goal to read 40 books. Can you share with us your latest favorite book? Mm -hmm. You're either reading or completed. Sure. I just read Leaders Eat Last by Simon mm -hmm. Sinek, and I'm yeah. on book 15. <laughs> <laughs> you are ahead of plan. Ahead of plan. I love it. That's awesome. Well, final question. What's making your heart beat faster, Seth? Water. That's the first thing Great. I could think of is when I feel dehydrated <sighs> or like I'm not functioning. I'm like, oh my God, go drink water. Go drink water. We will hyperlink to another podcast about water. And I hope that this spring you feed your seeds with more water. We, our bodies with more water, drink more water. That is a beautiful truth bomb. Thanks for jumping back on the mic, Sess. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.